Thank you for listening to Ivy Podcast, where we feature weekly leadership conversations with thought leaders and industry experts. Now, here is your host, Angela Alberti. Hello, Ivy Podcast listeners. As always, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I'm your host, Angela Alberti. Very excited to sit down and speak with a fellow marketing guru and just general outstanding great person, personal friend of mine as well, uh, Kelly Shutrop. Kelly, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thanks for having me, Angela. Uh, you and I could nerd out for hours on marketing related to the staffing industry. So just as a brief background, uh, I have spent a lot of time focused on marketing in this space. I'm actually a you know, educated marketer going all the way back nearly 15 years ago, focused on marketing, branding, PR, com, digital. Uh, the last 11 years though, I've focused specifically on staffing. So a portion of that being in-house, uh, working with visionaries, helping to build brands, drive leads, all of those fun things. And then the other half of that actually consulting staffing firm leaders, uh, technology leaders, marketing leaders on really their business goals and how to drive forward. Uh, and then a few other fun things. I, I've been really excited this year to join the ASA Women in Leadership Council. I'm on a couple task right. forces Yeah, around Thrive Live and their scholarship that they put on every year, uh, as well as the ASA uh, industry marketing and PR committee. And then I just, like I said, I just nerd out about this space. So I'll have all kinds of fun with conversations like this. Yeah, absolutely. And you are a full-time mama as well, just making yourself <laughs> yes. out there and also trying to balance everything at home, which we can get into a little bit later, but absolutely fantastic. You know, I think, um, we're at a very pivotal time when it comes to the, the world of work and, and how talent delivery is really transcending itself into the future of work, which I think is now. Mm -hmm. um, and how is the staffing and recruiting industry going to evolve to meet that demand? I mean, speaking between you and I, it's, I, mm -hmm. I feel like it has this notoriety to be somewhat antiquated, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what are some of the staffing agencies doing to really uh, kind of revolve and evolve themselves around this digital world? And we're living in what is an inundated market. I mean, there's so many different innovations that they can look into. They can build as part of their marketing stack, their operational stack. Um, you know, when we're considering the intersection of digital marketing and technology innovation, what are some of those best practices, approaches that you would say, okay, step one, this is an area that we can consider starting in? Right. No, that's a great question. And uh, one area that's been really a hot topic is candidate engagement and how to utilize your marketing and your technology to create efficiencies for your recruiters and to create better experiences for your candidates, which of course, in turn drives to better experiences for your clients, better retention for your team. Um, but before we get into that, uh, you know, it's funny we got into this industry, I believe at similar times. And if we were to go back to that timestamp, of yeah. course, every staffing firm had a website. Everybody was blogging. Everybody was posting on social. Uh, but there was a lot of very tangible, you know, shaking hands, getting to know people one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, of course, it depended on if you were in the same market or if you were across the country. But, you know, fast forward a decade and 
the table stakes are no longer enough to really move the needle. You know, we've seen such a shortage of candidates. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And in one of those ways, kind of jumping back to my answer around, you know, candidate experience, one of the ways people have found to get around that is marketing automation. So you've got this whole database of people that you've talked to in the past. And of course, that can look different if you are uh, getting people at light industrial manufacturing hourly roles, as opposed to, you know, IT professional services or healthcare travel nursing, you know, there's all kinds of areas, but at the end of the day, you've got this, this ATS of people you've talked to in the past or people you'd like to talk to and what happens after they've applied or after you've placed them on site once or twice, do they kind of just fall between the cracks or can you take that step back and think strategically? Okay. In an ideal world, if I had a recruiter reaching out to each really ideal candidate, what would their messaging be? What would their cadence be? And how do we automate that? So that's definitely, you know, when you think about just the the adoption curve, um, in some senses, we're still at early adoption, but in a lot, we're kind of getting to getting into that middle, that middle zone where candidates will start expecting faster replies and knowing their status and just kind of getting touch points along the way. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, oftentimes automation has this negative correlation to what it can do to impact the staffing and recruiting industry, but there's something truly on the front end that you guys are doing and helping agencies with every single day to, to, to really engage with the candidates. And it's almost like to put an analogy to it, what are you doing to maximize your inventory? Um, True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, even though this is a human industry and there's a very human element to what you guys are doing, you know, is there anything that you would recommend, you know, this, this world that we're living in, it's so easy for somebody to find a job. It's so easy for them to just go online and have so much noise around them on mm-hmm. a plethora of opportunities. How is the recruiting and staffing professional going to set themselves apart on, you know, tapping into this very noisy world that a candidate is now living in? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, there is no one silver bullet. I'd say if yeah. you are working in a uh, professional services capacity, Developing your personal brand is actually a massive asset so that when you're reaching out to candidates, just like every other recruiter is, and they're hearing from a million different people, if they've already seen your name or your company's name pop up in thought leadership or in pieces that are interesting to them, they'll be more likely to start engaging in that conversation as a candidate. Uh, And then on more of a high volume staffing approach, part of it is just accessibility, right? Like, Having, having an app, having ways for them to be able to interact with you quickly. Um, and I think about tools like uh, Staffing Engine, where if a candidate does apply, they don't have to wait for multiple days, you know, again, high volume, like they don't have to wait for multiple days to hear back from a recruiter. They could start essentially their vetting process and understanding how deep they are into uh, the application and the consideration before your recruiter even starts working again on Monday morning. So so it's really kind of a, a, a one-two punch between making sure your brand is developed, but also capitalizing on that technology piece. And we're seeing so many staffing firms invest in technology like Sense or Hearfish and mm-hmm. uh, getting the basic workflows in place, but then kind of stopping there. And so to me, you know, I, I uh, have these conversations every day representing Parka and the team and how we're, how we're essentially supporting staffing firms truly identify what their business challenges are rather than say, okay, how do we 
implement since tomorrow? Or how do we make sure we're running paid ads? Like it, it's about like, what is that challenge you're trying to accomplish? And your question, it may be getting in front of candidates that already have a lot of noise in front of them. So yeah. anyway, all that to say, uh, it's important to really dive deep into each of your audience's stages, you know, whether they're the awareness, consideration, decision, loyalty stages at each of those, they're thinking, feeling, and doing different things. And so if you break it down visually into almost like a grid, Mm -hmm. if that candidate is just hearing about your brand for the first time, what's important to them, those are the types of content pieces that you want to serve up through your automation or through your recruiter messaging that's going to resonate more. Um, and I think that's going to be big to make staffing firms stand out from each other. The people who have spent more time about their content strategy and who their audience really is and what matters to them. Right, right. And what what sort of content you need to share to be relevant to that type of audience. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, very good insights there, Kelly. Let's go back to a little bit about what you mentioned earlier on the personal brand. And this is something that I, as, as an, as a leader at a company struggle to balance with and mm-hmm. finding the organization to just maintain a little bit about myself and what our company can do. But before we get into how you can help organize yourself to be on the personal branding front, can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, the importance behind personal branding? And you mentioned this earlier, 11 11 years ago, when we were coming out into the market, everyone probably would have been like, what the heck is a personal brand? What are you talking about? (laughs) Um, But why is it so important and pivotal now in today's age? Right. No, that's such a good question. So so I'll put it in terms of an analogy. So let's say you're at a happy hour and there's a room of, of 50 people and one person walks into that room with a really specific need whatever that need is. Mm-hmm. And they kind of know in the back of their mind that there's a lot of people in this room that could help them with that, but they want to cut through the clutter and talk to someone that they know really gets them. Now, if you have been off on your own in a corner, not making yourself known at all, they're probably never going to think to go seek you out. But if you're the person that is already engaging in conversations about that topic, maybe you've gotten up with a microphone to introduce someone and you share something that they find interesting all of a sudden that room to them that has 50 people becomes really small. They think, Hmm, Angela is the one that I need to talk to. Like I'm not leaving here. Like once my drink is done and I walk out the door, no matter what, I'm going to have a conversation with Angela. And so to me, that brings it back to what do you want to be known for? And ultimately what is your goal? You know, I would say most people by and large have a goal of, I want to do a good job at my job and I want to be sought out for additional opportunities. And yeah, I, I would like to help people right? Like I want to give back. And so part of it is finding that intersection of what thought leadership you can provide and what your brand voice is and how that advances your personal goals, your professional goals and helps other people. So for me personally, uh, as, as a marketer turned, you know, consultive sales essentially, and I can help staffing firms walk through their processes and what they're trying to evaluate with marketing and their business goals, my personal goal is to post twice a week on LinkedIn, something that, that adds value. And even if something like that is just around company culture or something that I've experienced, uh, like recently, for example, uh, late last week, I had a conversation with someone that I knew in college who was actually considering moving from a teacher role to a recruiter role. Uh, it's confidential. You know, she hasn't had the conversation with her employer, but she's intrigued. And so I just put out on my LinkedIn this is someone, or I should say someone I know is looking for this, who should she get in touch with? And 
there's been thousands of views, dozens of comments and people coming out of the woodwork to talk to her. And, wow. and that's an example of, uh, you know, and again, this is, this is always a learning process, right? But that's an example where I can say through a network I've developed, I'm helping someone. It's not helping me get job offers. It's not helping park a, you know, have more staffing firms that we're partnering with, but it is adding value and it's, you know, doing something good in the industry. And so you can have a lot of goals with your personal brand, but part of it's just that consistency and looking for opportunities of things to share that will be relevant to your audience. And it's an indirect value. It's maybe not an immediate ROI, but this is a residual effect that would hopefully create some form of recognition to what it is that you do and really just providing value as a resource. Now let's get into the reality behind that. We are so busy, you know, we are juggling with maybe our own personal lives, our work lives. I like the example that you set on, on how to make this an attainable goal. Can you provide a little bit more insight into really, truly, what are some best steps that you can do to actually organize yourself around this, commit to it and, and make it something that is out there available to the masses online? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll put it into three steps. So I would say step one would be get out a piece of paper. Like after you listen to this podcast, like pause what you're doing, take 15 minutes and map out what, what you are good at, how you add value, you know, what you can be doing to better your career. So if you're a recruiter or if you're a staffing firm leader, maybe it's inspirational, maybe it's career tips, you know, whatever that is, write those things down. And then secondarily, think about ways that you can amplify your voice beyond just your own LinkedIn profile. So are there associations that if you were to pitch a webinar or offer to be on a podcast or get involved in that way, what are those? So write down those pieces, right? So if you're in the staffing industry, uh, wanting to speak to staffing firms, right? It could be American Staffing Association or ASA. uh, And everybody's kind of got their niche where their audience lives. So whatever that is. And then I would say the third step is start sharing other people's content that play in that same space to add value. And you know, we'll give, we'll give a bonus step. So then the bonus step essentially is set a goal. Even if it's once a week, I'm going to post something because what I found is the, I mean, for all of us, the week just zooms by. And uh, I actually just read a book called the four tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. And the concept is every person has this tendency to either accept or reject responsibilities, whether they're coming from your own self Mm -hmm. or from external. And I find that if somebody else has a responsibility they've put on me, you know, like someone's expecting something of me, I'm going to do it. But if it's something that I intend to do, it always falls on the back burner. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I have to remember, and actually Lauren Jones, you know, shout out here. She's lovely. She, she's reminded me like, Kelly, you're teaching people. Like, it's not just you doing this for you. Like you are doing this for other people. And so even if it's once a week, just something that will add value. Uh, And then one way that I do it is I just keep a running post-it note, right? Whether it's in my notebook or on my phone as an idea pops in my head, like, oh, Angela posted a really cool podcast. That could be something I could reshare. That could be a post or, you know, this group launched a book or I'm speaking at a webinar coming up or, oh man, this cool thing happened with a client this week that I could share that would be inspiring. So, so my best bet is just like jot down those ideas and then reserve time. Even if it's just 30 minutes, once a week, I can go back to that list and say, all right, I'm picking one. I'm picking one. I'm shutting off all the distractions. I'm going to write about it. I'm going to post it, tag the applicable people. 
uh, and then just let it be consistent. And for me, I literally have a checklist and a spreadsheet where I like, I'm accountable to myself twice a week, do or die. If I hit Saturday at 4 PM and it hasn't happened, I'm doing it on the weekend. So yeah. Yeah. There, there you I go. Love that. <laughs> I love that. Process. So then figure out your why mm-hmm. align yourself with connections outside of LinkedIn, reshare people that are doing it right. Uh, reshare their content and then make yourself a reachable goal. And mm-hmm. the added perk is potentially create a little library of yourself or, or of, of these ideas so that you can right. help yourself. When it right. And, and tangibly content. from an ROI standpoint, uh, at this point, because of the value that I've offered, and it's not, it's not just because I'm fancy, because I'm not, right? Like I'm, yeah. I'm just like everybody listening, trying to figure You're out. You're just a simple girl from Minnesota. Right. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to figure out, like, I like social. It's fun, but it, yeah. it it is a responsibility that I have to be mindful to keep up. But at this point, I get anywhere from three to five leads. Like we're not just talking, somebody reaches out that says, hey, that was cool. I'm looking forward to connecting down the road. Like, three to five companies that reach out saying, I saw you on LinkedIn. I want to learn about the services Parka offers every single week, three to five. And, and that's something from an ROI standpoint that has done really cool things for our business, right? Because if you start thinking about you listening to this, if your company didn't need to invest dollars in paid advertising, but instead could invest in you learning and you raising your voice, like that also leads us to a future conversation, Angela, we could have about career progression and development. And, you know, those three to five that come in on top of that, there's people that are interested in being connected to someone in my network or yeah. are interested in seeking me for their company. And so there's a lot of really cool, uh, a lot of cool music that happens when you keep consistent on LinkedIn. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I really feel like, you know, the nineties and the early two thousands, you saw this rise of the public speaker and, you know, I guess the Ted talks and they were starting to get it. Now you can do that at a personal level, but really invest the time in online uh, to translate that. So very cool, very cool insights, Kelly. That actually makes me excited. I'm going to finish this and I'm going to start writing my goals (laughs) down because I think when you visualize it, it it adds another set of of requirements on yourself. But um, Mm -hmm. now this is something that I maybe selfishly want to ask you because I'm I'm with the startup you know, we are looking to assemble a great marketing team. The world, as I mentioned earlier, can be so segmented and you have so many different options. Now I can go with somebody to help me do this in Upwork and put together something really nice. Mm -hmm. I can go with somebody to be a fractional CMO. Are there any best practices that you would recommend when it comes to the essence behind developing a good marketing team? Yeah. Yeah. Loaded question. And it's, it is such a good one. Uh, So, so this is my answer coming from the perspective of, I have been the one person marketing team within startups in multiple companies. I've also been the leader of a two or three person marketing team. So still small. Uh, And now I interact with companies that are, you know, 200 million to 500 million and up, up to essentially $2 billion staffing firms. So they have a whole team. So from a perspective approach, a lot of it does depend on your size. Uh, I would say holistically, when you are in that startup mode, it is really nice to have one person who typically oversees marketing communications. So that'll be, you know, how you show up on social media, how you show up uh, at conferences, like making sure you have content being published, uh, but also being a a relationship for any other agencies or or freelancers that you're hiring. Now, 
I have seen companies that are, uh, again, this is staffing industry, right? So every industry is different when you think about revenue. But once a company starts hitting that $50 million mark, they need to start elevating and thinking about truly having that CMO mindset. I mean, it would be great if everybody could have it from the get-go. Sometimes you need to find that in an agency partner first. Mm-hmm. Um, but thinking about how, how are our marketing tactics actually driving up to business goals. And so that's where you really kind of see a fork in the road split. You either see companies, and again, this is even down to the $20 million mark in a staffing industry. Uh, you have that one go-to person, that, that marketing manager, who either partners with an agency to supply really that knowledge gap or that skill set gap or that bandwidth gap more realistically, because right. that, that's always a case. Um, so, so if they're doing the Marcom, right, the social, the content, the branding, the PR, now they have an agency team that's supporting them on overall strategy and paid advertising and uh, marketing automation and analytics reporting and like website design and development. Uh, or you can start trying to build out your own team. Um, but realistically, it's it's probably not until that I've seen in our industry, like the two to 500 million up realm where you actually have a team of five or 10 marketers that are kind of like your own internal agency, essentially right. Right. doing all of the things. So if I could, if I could boil it down, uh, start with at least one person focusing on Marcom and then probably hire an agency to support in the other areas, because it gets very costly when you yeah. start saying, okay, now I'm going to have this resource for paid and this resource for automation. And, you know, as you grow as a company, it's nice to be nimble. So there's no one size fits all. uh, But those are kind of general best practices that I've come across through a variety of agencies. That is great. And it really is by starting off small and maybe Mm -hmm. testing out, you know, different, different services, and then really going to an agency to help solidify and organize everything that could um, add a lot of value to your Mm -hmm. overall messaging. Um, now, when you you mentioned this a little bit earlier, uh, when it came to career progression, um, and me as a personal, you know, I, it it organically happened. I was able to go in through different areas of a company, and then able to be a part of this new organization, and then all of a sudden, I find myself at at this age, you know, and, and you, I'm sure you can relate, um, juggling everything that's happening within my career. Uh, any insight that you could give on the value of building your network and mm-hmm. naturally going through a career progression? Um, if that's some, you know, some people are very happy with being in the same position and, and right. all power to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are that individual that really is looking to progress in their career, what insight would you be able to provide to them? Or what, what advice would you give Kelly 11 years ago? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. So, so I'll bring you uh, on a little personal story briefly. So uh, I remember being in high school and hearing about BPA or Business Professionals of America, which is a lot like DECA. I hear a lot of other people talk about it's basically, you know, business, like you can go out and do different marketing projects or whatever, you know, it's, it's essentially a competition. Uh, I akin it to like speech, but it's more business in nature. And I heard about it, thought it would be cool, you know, went out. I don't even know if I had to try out. I don't know. I don't remember how that worked, but essentially I said, yeah, I'll be a part of business professionals of America. And I remember looking through at that point, it's probably a paper catalog of like all the different things. (laughs) And there were some things that were like, yep, it's going to take an entire trimester to prepare this project and then go present it. You can go to state and go to nationals. And I remember seeing extemporaneous speech and interview skills. And I thought, huh, I could literally show up, 
chat through things and see how it goes. Like that sounds sure. fun. So I did that and I went really far, you know, went to state, had a ton of fun. And it just kind of put this idea in the back of my mind, like, huh, business could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then senior year, I was doing part-time PSEO, which is something offered in Minnesota and maybe other states where you can get free college credits while you're in high school. Right. So right. very cool. Uh, and I joined student government because I had a friend on it and they're like, hey, you should totally join. And I became the public relations liaison. And that was the first taste of as an achiever, like this feels really good to have something that I can build on my resume. So every stage of my career, I've always looked to be a part of something bigger than the role that I'm currently involved in. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then it was student government. Uh, you know, when I went like out of that community college during, during high school and went to, you know, Northwestern university in St. Paul here in Minnesota, um, I joined other associations and helped found, uh, an, a business group essentially on campus. And so what I found is that those opportunities on my resume then aided to having better opportunities to network. So when I reached wow. out to someone for an informational interview, they thought, huh, she's been doing some cool things. And honestly, like that translates to being a grown up. It is so <laughs> easy to, to get That's involved so in your own role. And there are so many things going on to forget. Like if I can raise my hand and volunteer on a board or be a part of a committee or publish a webinar once a quarter where it's literally just me and my zoom and I hit record and then I share it on LinkedIn. You know, like if you have no infrastructure for marketing to help push it out other than that, uh, I think it's really important to do things beyond your career. And, and it, it advantages you so many other career advancement opportunities. And, you know, just like what I found last week when I posted uh, about that teacher looking to become a recruiter and, it's a really humbling and exciting place to be, to see influence that you've created support and better someone else too. Wow. So anyway, I would just say, always look for those opportunities to do something beyond even your day job. Uh, And, and for me, I do, I have a a two-year-old and he's a load of fun and, you know, and I'm married (laughs) and we're always trying to find, you know, my husband and my little two-year-old, we're always trying to find cool foodie places. So my jam is not necessarily after work side hustles. Like I, I don't love the idea of plugging in and doing freelance work. So for me, I've, I've been involved in these committees and boards and it's advanced my network and allowed me to give back and brought up opportunities like doing an e-learning course, you know, that, yeah. that can end up on, on cool platforms. And so uh, hopefully that answers the question. Well, yeah, I, and I think it really is value of, of what is your current position and you're doing it right now with everything um, on, on the chapters in ASA, I, mm-hmm. I believe as well. Um, but every position that you have been in has been, what can I do to help those other in the same position um, and taking it a step further? So that's that's a wonderful example. And I think a lot of people listening to this podcast will drive a lot of value from that. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing in Santa Monica through this e-learning course and how what that experience has been like for you? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So I was reached out to on LinkedIn, again, like power of power of your personal brand uh, by a company called Madecraft. And these are individuals who used to work for lynda.com, which then was acquired by LinkedIn Learning. And then they went out on their own and said, you know what, like we can find authors that are subject matter experts in topics, work with them to write their own courses. We'll fly them out to Santa Barbara and essentially like direct to the shooting of e-learning courses. And then they take and sell them back to uh, global e-learning platforms like the one we've been talking about, uh, as well as big companies, whether it's like a Facebook or a Microsoft so that they can have a content library. Wow. So I was reached out to and 
said, they essentially just said, it looks like you really like marketing and it looks like you like presenting on marketing. Would you be interested in writing and shooting a course on the fundamentals of digital marketing? Uh, and that went really well. And it was a lot of fun and it was a good exercise to say, okay, people who are needing to learn the entire uh, approach to marketing without getting too deep in each of the areas. It essentially was 25 blogs worth of content that wow. became five minute scripts each. So, I mean, a, a lot of, a lot of work, uh, but then recording, it was so much fun and it hasn't gone live yet. And I'm just excited to be able to have people see that and, and get like that snapshot of like what took me years to understand the framework of how everything fits together and be able to see that. And so um, now it's moved to the next phase where I'm uh, repurposing and going to reshoot a number of additional courses that they had done years ago focused on marketing. And so that's just a cool example where if I hadn't developed a personal brand around this, which was stemmed from a passion, it's an opportunity that wouldn't have ever come up. And, and it also, again, from an influence standpoint, can help other people learn and I get a fun field trip, I'll call it, out of it. <laughs> you That's know, incredible. Getting that to take incredible. a trip that, that they're covering and all sorts of fun things. And a true testimony, as you mentioned, to the value of a personal brand. I mean, that's where it all began. So kudos to you. You are really doing some amazing things, Kelly. It's awesome to see you online. I know that a lot of the listeners that tune into our show are affiliated with the staffing and recruiting industry. Um, and they probably likely have seen your name and have seen your face online. So I would say if you guys aren't following Kelly, please make sure to go on LinkedIn and give her a follow. But I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys already are. Um, so it's just been awesome to see you flourish and all of the insight that you do provide. I know I personally have learned a lot from it, but I'm curious to know what is, what is your content diet? Where are you getting all of this information from? What does the average morning read and insight look like mm. for you? Mm, that is a good question. I feel like I'm the worst person to answer this question to because the <laughs> well, right you did, answer. You did give a shout out to that book that you were reading earlier, that's right? That's true. I forgot the name of it. What that's was true. That? I did. Yeah. And here I'll, I can, I can hold it up in case. I mean, I know this is a podcast, but it's called yeah. The Four Tendencies uh, by Gretchen Rubin. And actually that, that is credit to Parka. Uh, Parka and our sister company Versique has a book club that we do once a quarter and they, they give us all the book. And there's, again, I do well with accountability of like, here's the deadline. <laughs> so, <laughs> and there's a quiz. So there's a quiz you can go and take online called the four tendencies. Um, oh, nice. But I was going to say the right answer is I listen to all these podcasts. I read all these things. I'm actually yeah. terrible at reading business books. Uh, like I'm really not that great at it. Um, I, I get a lot of information from, from LinkedIn, you know, seeing different people that I like following and seeing what they're sharing. Uh, there is a really good podcast. I mean, there's a number of them in the staffing industry, but you own the experience by yeah. Lauren Jones and Rob yeah. Mann. I really enjoy following that. Um, right. And I will give a shout out to an app called Headway, uh, which I feel like I'm the last person to come across this amazing. Oh, wait, no, I've never heard of it. So okay. I, I'm the last person then. <laughs> Okay. So the idea is that they take all of these books and they give the cliff notes of them. And for, oh, wow. you know, five or 10 minutes, uh, basically somebody recaps all the chapters and you can get those nuggets out of that. And you can actually categorize in the app headway, uh, by different challenges, they call it. So if you want like the achievements challenges or success or wealth, I'm just looking through my app right now, they break it down to some of the most, uh, famous books, you know, like how to win friends and influence others, or, you know, the books yeah. that you've heard of. Right. Um, 
and you can kind of get the synopsis. So that is a place that I've been learning some good insights too, but uh, honestly, by and large, it's, it's seeing what's going on on LinkedIn and, and seeing the cool happenings that other people share and uh, highlighting their successes as I learn along the way. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, you gave a shout out to Headway. I'm definitely going to check it out because I've been doing it the old traditional way, I guess you could say <laughs> by, by peeking open the book, but sometimes, you know, it's so hard to devote time to do that. Right. Um, so very interesting. And you own the experience podcast. Awesome. I was able to, to be a guest on one of their shows as well. So they're a great duo, those two. So shout out to, to Rob and Lauren on, on that show. Um, great. Well, you know, we've really had an awesome chance to sit down with you and get to know you a little bit better. Um, can you tell the audience where they can find you uh, aside from LinkedIn, which I'm sure uh, they may be able to, uh, you know, find you on that way, but what's the best way to get in touch with you? Sure. Yeah, that's an awesome question. And actually LinkedIn really is my hub. Uh, just like, just like most people who are nerds about personal branding, I've toyed around with the idea of creating a separate website, uh, and, and decided at this point, I, I'm I'm not jumping into it because I'm not typically taking on separate freelance, uh, consulting work outside of Parka. Right. Unless it's a cool speaking opportunity, in which case then, then it's a load of fun. And I do that like, like with Maidcraft and shooting the e-learning courses. Uh, so LinkedIn is actually going to be the best way to connect with me, uh, here at Parka, we also create content twice a month called Learn with Parka. So that's where I hop behind the camera and share some insights that I'm hearing uh, benefit the staffing industry in and around performance marketing, digital marketing, technology, you know, giving shout outs to really cool tech that exists in this space. And so you can find me uh, on YouTube there as well through Parka Marketing's channel. But again, LinkedIn is really a nice hub for that. And I've got links to everything there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for spending a few moments of your time with us. Time is the most valuable gift that we can give to one another. So thank you. And thank you for our listeners for tuning into today's show. We really appreciate you guys. Um, Certainly let us know if y'all have any questions and I'm happy to sit down with Kelly and speak to her again. You are a ray of sunshine, Kelly. Oh, likewise. This has been such a fun conversation. Oh, yes. Always, always is. All right, guys. So we will see y'all on the next episode of the Ivy podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Ivy podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our RSS feed on ivypodcast.com and all major podcasting platforms like Spotify and iTunes. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a rating on iTunes.